Hi, everybody. It's Dimity McDowell from Another Mother Runner. If you're just finding this podcast that feels like Another Mother Runner, but it isn't, that's because it's full of specialty content geared towards the athletes in our Train Like a Mother Club. A heads up, there's what we like to call positive profanity from Coach MK in the Heart Rate Podcasts, so parental discretion is advised there. Whether you've got your eye on an Olympic distance triathlon, your first 5K, or a half marathon PR, we'd love to help you train. We have programs for most distances in running, triathlon, and ultra races, and a range of plans that suit all levels of running experience and fitness. So if you like what you hear, head on over to trainlikeamother.club to check out the plans and find one that will work for you. Thanks and enjoy the show. everybody. Uh, Dimity McDowell here with the Train Like a Mother Club with a super special edition of this podcast that applies to everybody who is training, whether you're training for a 5K, a marathon, a triathlon, or an ultra, because we are going to talk about the dreaded I word, and that is injuries. Um, I've got Dr. Justin Ross, a sports psychologist, on the line with me. Say hello, Dr. Ross. Hello, everybody. And we'll call you J-Row or just Justin, probably. Um, and then we also have uh, Coach Mary Catherine Fleming, who's head of the Heart Rate Programs, who is a um, close uh, what, a colleague of J-Row's, would you say? I don't know how to describe you guys' relationship. What would you say? I am his coach. Well, I know that too. <laughs> that's the. Re- I'm just saying. Most of the time, that's the relationship, and I and it's and it, and it's hard. This is one of the reasons why I don't like coaching colleagues and friends because like there's a certain dynamic that has to really exist for me to be effective as a coach, and um, we we have fun straddling that line. There that you go. Just- that's well said. And uh, <laughs> a quick plug for MK. She's made me a super fast runner in uh, in a year and a half. So uh, kudos super to fast. her. Injury-free runner? Yeah, that's, injury-free. That's knocking on go. wood, knocking on my head, awesome. no injuries. Yep. Awesome. Okay, so today what we're going to do is, is and so we're going to talk about the psychological side of injuries, we're not going to talk about what causes shin splints or how to heal an angry IT band, but we're going to talk about the psychological side of it because that, one could argue, and I will argue, and I think Justin will too, that that is a much bigger part of healing because you can do clamshells until the day is, you know, until all hours of the day and that's great but it's the loss of identity it's the grief it's all the stuff that comes with significant injuries that are super hard to get over um, and so what we're going to do is um this is kind of a taste of we want to get an injury podcast or an injury um i guess session seminar going in the perform like a mother club which is um the the part of the train like a mother club that justin heads up so the perform like a mother series that deals with mental fitness we want an injury focus that's a long way of saying that um because yeah, wanna... he is excellent at what he does as well and part of the reason i was so excited to work with Dimmy was that we could finally have a way to sort of bring what justin does to the forefront because as a coach i'm my scope is limited there's only so much i can do and once you're once you're hurt there is nothing I can say that's going to make it better or make you feel better or make you want to do the things you need to do in order to get better faster because we just kind of want to skip ahead to that final where I'm, I'm good, let's go. Sure. Um, and it's, it's you almost need training through the injury as much as you do through the non-injured time. And that's where someone like Justin really is critical. So, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm sure it feels like a lot 
me just kind of pushing my 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 pushing all my love on you but you, there's this there's no time that you'll need it more than me telling you it's going to be okay and you're going to come back and it's going to be fine and Jero kind of giving you the mental tools and tricks to get through at those moments when I'm not in your ear saying lock your cage you're good you're good you're good absolutely so some of the stuff that we're going to talk about um, a little bit on this webinar and then, or gosh, my words say, a little bit on this podcast and then a lot in the sessions, in the injury sessions and perform like a mother are, um, you know, how to focus on healing, how to accept the status of an injured athlete, how to understand the different aspects of loss that occur when you are sidelined, how to return to running after an extended period away. Um, it's definitely a, not the easiest topic to address, but it's super, super important. Um, so the first session is going to kick off at some point in September. We're going to nail down a date pretty soon. Um, in the meantime, if you're currently injured, hopefully this preview podcast will bring you some solace and some tools for coping. So um, let's just weigh this out there, uh, right? The injuries just suck. There's just there's no way around it, right? I mean, you have to we have to accept that as the golden rule number one, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, dealing with an injury is so hard mentally, and for so many people, it's more difficult psychologically than it is physically and that's not to dismiss the physical ailment that people are dealing with it's just a really hard thing to wrap your head around because it changes so much for people in terms of their identity and their approach to their life and their approach to managing stress anxiety and just the the day-to-day Absolutely. And there's almost a moral judgment I see that people put on themselves. Like, this means I'm weak. I wasn't meant to be a runner. I'm genetically lesser than other people. Why this doesn't happen to us? All of a sudden, like, who we are or who we perceive ourselves to be shifts so suddenly along with it. It's like my entire identity just went out the window and we can't get it back. And so that's part of the reason I think, and I'm not the therapist here or the psychologist, so I probably shouldn't even be saying it, but to me, that's a big reason why a lot of people don't want to admit that they're injured or won't see a, a PT like I tell them to. Oh, no, 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 I'm not there. It's not that bad. I'm not injured yet because that's sort of, I'm a runner. I am not injured. Injured runners is stuff they can't, that almost hurts, I don't want to say hurts their feelings, but it hurts the ego. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you nailed it, right? Like there, there are two big things that happen there. One, it's, it can be crushing for people's identities to have to ad- admit to and then deal with an injury, both on a physical and a psychological level. And I think you're right. Some people really do take it to that point where it becomes sort of a, a fatal identity flaw, right? There's a lot of meaning we put into these things. It means I'm weak. It, it means I'm not strong enough. It means I wasn't training right. It means I'll never hit my goals. We put all kinds of meaning and emphasis into that um, into that injury, psychologically speaking. And then Dad the, was the right. Other, I'm not an athlete. <laughs> that's right. And the the other part is like there's just so much loss. I mean, there's tremendous amounts of loss for people to have to give this up. And there really is this necessary first step of having to give it up in order to recover. And that's really hard. People will cling on to running, running miles or running times or doing whatever they think they have to do for their identity, even if it goes against what their body is is really screaming at them uh, to fix or, or to rectify. And let's just, let's just lay this out there. So that is, I mean, that is so true, Justin. And 
I mean, you know, it's, it's an identity thing. It's also, a, you know, for me and a lot of other people, and, you know, I know most of you know this, but I've had an injury basically since the end of, uh, middle of November. And um, I feel like I'm finally coming out of it, but it's, I've been going eight to nine months now without running, which is pretty big for somebody who um, likes to run. <laughs> and makes, who you know, finally, gets... we had just gotten you to the point where you could run five days a week and you were so elated yeah. to be there and we were yeah. safe and happy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so it was almost salt in the wound. So it's, it's salt it felt wounds, like yeah. it, you'd finally gotten to this point and then it was all kind of ripped out from underneath you. I mean, so I, and I, and I say that not to, just as someone who's gone through this journey with you as much as I possibly could. Sure. Um, that's been the hardest part for me is being like, man, we were right there and then this happened. So I can only imagine how devastating it's been for you. Yeah, well, it has been. I mean, obviously, and I, you know, and I'm, I'm very, um, you know, we, we tried to do this podcast a couple of weeks ago and I wasn't ready to do it. Um, I feel like I am now. I may, I might have, get a little teary, but I think I'm, I'm like, I, like, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. So, but what, what is so hard is that, um, you know, you get, you get a pain in your hip, right? And you're like, oh, well, you know what? Um, I'll just go and, you know, do this one run. It wasn't so bad. I'll go do it again. I wasn't so bad. Oh, I'm limping around, but you know what? It doesn't hurt when I run, so I'm going to go do it again. And then all of a sudden, you know, two weeks of training, um, and then you finally call a PT, and they can see you two weeks later, um, and you've lost a month, and you've made yourself worse. And because running is this, like, just lovely gift that you give yourself on a daily basis, and the last thing you want to do is take away this thing that gives you time by yourself, that um, is basically free, you know, is um, just this like mood booster, you know, endorphin booster, calorie burner. You Self-care. Know, it might self-care. be the only, is there any other hour in your day, Dimity, where your your phone is not on and you're not accessible and you're not checking email and you're not working? I mean, is there any, I, from what I understand about how you live, your run was it and then, that was so to, again, just as an outsider watching, that was kind of the biggest change. It's like until you could get in the pool, you didn't yeah. have another a bit of dimity time that was free from the rest of the world. Sure, sure. And that's everybody. I mean, pretty much, you know, I mean, I've, we all have different, you know, degrees of, of being needed and, and, you know, attachment to email. But I mean, that's, you know, it is it is it is a very sacred time. And so to have that, you know, to admit that you're injured when you don't, when every ounce of you is saying, please, God, no, please, God, no, please just let me, I, I don't have to run a race. I just want to keep running. You know, I don't need to do this. I just want to go for 30 minutes or whatever. And, you know, no running injury is ever made better by running more. No injury that's caused by running. You can't go, you can't run through it. Right. And that's right. so against um, what we as runners, as typically type A people who are strivers and want to always, you know, progress and proceed and improve, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't mesh very well with our personality and our perspective, right, Justin? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and that first step is so critical. And that first step is admitting to yourself that, that something is going sideways, that, that there is an injury that you're facing that needs to be addressed professionally. And that admission is really the first step, right? I'm, I'm a really big believer, I talk a lot about this, that the mind is really the, the driver of where we go in everything, in life and in the sport and in dealing with an injury. So if we wanna reach goals, we have to first get our mind in the right set uh, about what we're trying to achieve and why that's important for us. And the same thing is true with injuries. If we can't get our mind or our mindset wrapped around the fact that we have an injury, 
we will continue to either ignore it or flat out lie to ourselves about what's happening so that we can just basically keep stroking our ego in terms of what we think running provides to us. And so right. that is, that's it. Like without admission of an injury, boy, everything else that we're going to talk about today and in the, in the webinar is really, really difficult to build on top of that. And just to, uh, to throw out there again, I th the other hard part is that I'm, and you've heard, I've, I'm, I've said this to people and I know it comes across as misunderstanding or callous, you're injured and that's okay. It's not, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's devastating. It's not where any of us ever want to be. But again, being injured doesn't mean you're weak or broken or lesser or that it, it, in none of the gloom and doom that tends to come along with it as, as our identity starts to crumble. It's okay to be injured. It's an, it's a break in what you were doing. It is in no way a break in who you are. And once you kind of wrap your brain around that, I think it becomes a little bit easier to admit I'm injured. Sure, sure. Well, so why why is it so hard? I mean, I know I kind of I kind of talked about this for a second, but why is it so hard for us to let go of training? I mean, training is this thing like we dread it, but we also live for it. It's this weird like double-edged sword, right? Yep. Why is it so hard to let go of that? Well, one one of the ways I really talk about injuries and facing them psychologically is that there there can be an opportunity when you're dealing with an injury to really dive deeper into understanding what it is that sport or running or endurance sports play in your life. And so if you could think about it, it's, it's a really weird way to kind of twist this, but if you could think about dealing with an injury as an opportunity to understand on a deeper level what this means to you, then you have a chance to really do some work for the long road. And for almost everybody, there's deep meaning in this. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it. And so coming to terms with what some of those factors are in terms of how it functions for your identity, how it functions for self-care, how it functions in terms of chasing down big goals, then you're doing the work psychologically in terms of helping not only manage the injury recovery itself, but doing some work on a deeper level psychologically so that you can recover not only in the short term, but help you once you get back to full physical ability uh, to continue on the path in the long road. Totally. Totally. I mean, I remember coming. So this 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 injury has, has got something to do with my lower back. Um, but I mean, I've had a bunch of um, stress fractures and other issues that I've had. And I remember very distinctly um, at one point, there's one hill in my neighborhood. I have like a three mile route that is kind of always what I, you know, it's kind of my comeback route, right? Where I'm always like, okay, I'm going to go out and do my three mile route. And there's a pretty big hill at the end of it. And I mean, I remember one time coming back after, I mean, it must have been my I don't even know when it was, but it was one of the foot injuries. And I remember climbing that hill and thinking, Jesus, Dimity, like why, I mean, excuse my language, but why the fuck am I doing this again? It is so hard to come back, right? Mm -hmm. Why do I care? Why do I care? Why do I care? I ended up writing about it. It was a long time ago. Um, but I just remember, you know, because it is exactly the person that I want to be. Running makes yeah. me the person that I want to be. And that to me is so invaluable. It, it's so much more than the time on the clock or the distance you go. It is a state of mind and it makes me feel like I can do anything, right? Yeah. I'm Bruce Springsteen in the Meadowlands. I'm Serena Williams <laughs> at Wimbledon, you know, like I'm just like rocking it, you know, and you're whether so that's actually, true or not. Ironically, you're Serena who won't be at Wimbledon this year. Well, this ah. is true. This is true. <laughs> Serena, the mother tennis player. But you know what I'm saying? Like it puts me in that state of mind and I don't have anything else in my life that brings me to that point. Like yeah. there's just nothing like that. So, well, and there's, I mean, oh, there's so much beauty in that, right? Like this, this deep connection 
to a, a sense of self, to a sense of meaning, to a sense of purpose. And yet the, what gets us into trouble is we can, we can become overly attached to that yeah. because like you said, it, it's, if it's the one area that provides that for you and you have nowhere else to turn, of course you're going to fight like hell to hold on to that with everything you've got and not give it up. And for so many people, that's exactly what happens. We, we sort of over-index or over-attach to this on a deep, meaningful level and we have nowhere else to turn and then something happens where we just don't want to give it up because of that over-attachment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I'm like case study A of overattached. Like, hey, it's my job. It's my mental outlet. It's my <laughs> physical exercise. It's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so how do you shift that focus from, you know, okay, so so you finally have done the hard work. You've kind of realized, you've admitted that you're injured and, you know, you're going to be out for, well, this is a whole other thing. It's so frustrating because there's, with the exception of broken bones or like a surgery or something like that, where you kind of have a timeline for recovery, mm-hmm. so often running injuries don't have that timeline. Right. Um, so that's, that's, that's a whole other topic. But I mean, how do you, whether you know it's going to be six weeks or it may be six months or you have no idea, how do you like make a positive shift from, hi, I'm Dimity who can't run to I'm Dimity who is just focused on healing right now. And I'm not even, I'm going to do my best not to think about what I'm missing Yeah. or think, even getting back to running. Yeah. So psychologically speaking, the, it's really important for everybody to understand that it is, it's so normal for this to be difficult and to cause stress and anxiety and panic and frustration and anger and sadness and you run the gamut of complex, negative, intense emotions. So in addition to accepting that, uh, that you're injured is step one, I would say what comes along with that is also accepting that the psychological path is also hard but it's also normal and you have to, you have to be okay with that. Sure, sure. Part yeah. of what I encourage my well, athletes to do is I, I, I frame it not as, uh, again, it's a, it's, it's a break, not an end, right? So even like the best football teams have rebuilding years. And it's okay once in a while. It doesn't mean that they're out or they're never coming back or they'll never win another another Super Bowl. It just means, you know, eh, right now we're putting we're pulling it back together and it could take one year, it could take three. But how many years were the Pats, for example, in, re- in a rebuilding year before they really just like came out and started dominating? So when you think of it that way, um, or if you could refra- reframe it in some way to make it feel temporary because for just about all injuries they will be i mean the the career ending injuries are so thankfully rare that chances are pretty good odds are on your side you're gonna run again and it's it, it's and eventually it will be okay mm-hmm. that, yeah, that requires think, pa- patience though <laughs> it, well, I know. It does. It, it's patience and perspective right and i think the you know i, I would call what mk is talking about like the long road approach Right, like to we, we get so myopic in our viewpoint that I'm injured today and then we forecast that forward, which means I'm gonna be injured forever and this is gonna suck, right? And then, you know, whatever we think we sort of create for ourselves and we get stuck in that place. I I, I often use um, like a stock market analogy with people, right? That you know, on any given day the stock market's gonna go up, it's gonna go down. And some days it could it could go down two, three hundred points. And yet you don't sell everything, right? You don't sell the farm and say, oh my gosh, the world is ending. Let's cash it all in. You, you take no, note of that. People do. That's why tr- day trading should be illegal. But yeah. well, <laughs> from but, a former trader. <laughs> right. But taking the long road approach saying, okay, yeah, I'm going to ride this out. It's for the long run and knowing that 
over the course of the life of the of the Dow, the trend has always gone upward and it will continue to do so. And injuries are a lot like that. There are going to be days that are really, really brutal. They're going to feel like huge losses. And yet if you can step back from that for just a moment and take some type of a long road approach, whether that's coming from a perspective of looking at it like the stock market or a sports team or just thinking about your life sort of across uh, decades, it's going to be really, really helpful in dealing with the day-to-day frustration that, that you're facing. To continue with the NFL strategy a little bit, part of what the University of Tennessee found out in 1996 um, was that it's, I mean, this they had one of the volunteers were just one of the, and have been for decades and decades, one of the dominant players in SEC football. And then they just hit a streak where nothing would come together no matter what. And they, the, the good thing about that rebuilding year is that it, or years, actually it was several, it gave them time to sit back and say, hey, we have been centering this entire team around one person, the quarterback way too long that has been our style we need to change that and what came together I, you couldn't name in 1998 they won one, one of the first collegiate national championships and I most people can't name a single player from outside of Tennessee can't name a single player from that team because there was no superstar like Heath Schuler or Peyton Manning it was just a year where everyone was good and they all played together and they worked really well as a unit I tell you that to say this there is something good about, that came from that was finding the fatal flaw in their strategy and we can and I, though it sounds Pollyanna-ish when I say it to you guys, I absolutely mean it. We found a weak point. Um, I make all of my, like just ask J-Row, I make them all log their um, their runs every single day. I need to, to see what went on in between the data points. I don't know if things were hurting. I can make pretty good educated guesses, but there's still a lot I don't necessarily or cannot infer from the data points in front of me. Um, and once those data points are are filled in, all of a sudden the bigger picture becomes clear. Okay, your knee's hurting, that's probably a weak glute. We need to fix that. Oh, this is hurting, that's probably because X because of Y. Even when you get to the point of injury, we can take something from that that will make you bigger, better, and stronger in the long run, just like the UT Vols did, just like the Patriots did. But and, but that requires, and it's, it's great, it requires such uh, trust in the mental process, right? Because so many people will insert there that, Oh, it means it means this. It means I'm weak. It means I'm not strong enough. It means all of these things that we we quickly go there and we can dive down that rabbit hole so fast and be so disparaging in terms of how we think about ourselves, how we identify uh, our weaknesses. And that's a hard place to pull people back from. Yeah, I would say that's the time when it's tempting teams had a bad year fire the coach I'm like that not necessarily um you know and and not just to like protect my own but it's also to say like this is the time again you need the guidance the most so reach out to J-Row reach out to me we're here to guide you through all of that and to make sure that we are the perspective setters more than anything else that is our job is perspective setting and or expectation setting and perspective giving and uh you know we love doing our jobs but we can't do it if uh if you don't reach out well, and let me just just get in here for one second, because um, I mean, I absolutely agree with you 100 percent on a rational level. Um, I would argue that injuries bring thinking very quickly to irrational and, um, you know, like the stock market. Like, of course, I, you know, I I don't check where my 401k is every day. Right. I, I don't even know where it is like last quarter. I mean, Nate, Nate, you don't Nate know, even know who you gave it to. I don't, I don't even know if I have one. Who's um, investing it? Seriously, like I have one uh, from Time Inc., like from like 1999. It's still just sitting over there. I'm like, oh, that's good that I have some money over there. Anyway, um, that is that is neither here nor there. But that is so 
Like, that's like, I don't think about my money all the time. I don't think about the stock market. I think about running. I think about my, I live in my body. I, you know, it is not, it's just not that cut and dry. I appreciate the analogy, but I really feel like, I mean, you know, I, I, I often describe what what has been going on with me like a gnat, right? It's not like it's, it's not anything that's going to end my life, right? It's not cancer. It's not any chronic disease. It's not anything like that is just, you know, going to stop me from even living the life that I want to live, except for that it's stopping me from running. And when I, it's five o'clock in the afternoon and I am, you know, emptying the dishwasher and my kids are asking me what's for dinner. And the best that I've done all day is my physical therapy exercises for 30 minutes that don't even like, you know, I basically like roll around like a bug on the floor. I don't get any sweat or endorphins from it. Like that is really, really, really hard. You know, and I just am gonna lose my mind, right? And then, and my, and my, and my hip hurts, and my leg still hurts, right? And it won't shut up. So, like, what do you do with that situation? That's that's what I feel like the harder part of injury is. And okay, that's that's part A, and then part B is, okay, you know, yes, I understand you need a rebuilding year, but a, a whole year, like 365 days of this, just so that I can keep running, like that again, like I mean, I'm not a patient person to begin with, but that just feels interminable to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the, the so the first point there, right? I think again, what I hear there's a bit of working on perspective shifting, and that idea of of thinking like, yeah, it could always be worse, right, is important. And at the same time, you're allowed to be upset about this and to be frustrated and to own all the emotions you're experiencing about it. At the same time, like it, you have to give yourself permission to do both. And so so often. You know, we get frustrated about it and then we get mad that we're frustrated about it. And it just yeah. becomes this like layering event that, uh, you know, just doesn't work well for people. We're judging ourselves for the emotions we have. If I was stronger, I wouldn't feel this way. God, now I'm yeah. crying too. What is wrong with me? I, that's why I'm broke. It's a downward spiral. Well, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. definitely true because it is. I mean, there are days when I'm like, Dimity, get a grip, you know? But, mm-hmm. I mean, Joe, my, you know, Joe Henderson, our friend said, you know, no running Best injury friend. is minor if it happens to you and it's no no and running injury is minor if it, if it doesn't go away right mm-hmm. and so you know it yes i'm not i'm not in a third world country and wondering where my dinner is going to be tonight but you know it, it it's it's definitely um a big chunk of who i am and, and the scary part is not knowing if i'm going to be able to get it back right you know? so okay so there there are two big pieces there right and when anytime i meet with an athlete of, of any sport and we're talking about an injury, we always break things down into losses and and additions because these become a little bit of scaffolding points for us to talk about what's happening internally. So the losses are, you know, the loss of, of bodily function, right? The loss of the ability to get out and run, the um, the loss of the connection to self. There's There's loss on so many levels, not only physically, but also psychologically. The key part here is Anytime there's loss involved at all for us, whether that's of, of a person, you know, a death of a loved one, or loss of functioning, or loss of identity, depression or sadness is right behind it. 
This is this is psychology 101. This is just what happens to all of us. And part of what we do is we don't give ourselves permission to feel this as a loss because part of what happens to me there, you know, that it's a great thought like, yeah, this is just running and yes, I can eat um, and it's not cancer and all of these things. But, but damn it, that loss is still really important and you have to be okay with saying how important that is to you and that how much sadness and depression can come from that. That's a really important aspect to the, the psychological framework here. Yeah. The, the additions part, right, is is this other avenue, right? The, the There's physical additions, right? So now there's physical pain. There's, you know, often additions in terms of going to see medical providers, good following up with PT, right? There's all these types of things that get added into your life. But there's psychological additions as well. So the additions here are um, anxiety, uncertainty, um, uncertainty about what's going to happen. We're not sure how long this is going to last. We're not sure when we're going to get back. We're not even sure what the treatment plan is. And the psychological hallmark here is anytime we're hit with uncertainty in any way, shape, or form in life, anxiety is right behind that. And so what often happens psychologically with an injury is we get crushed with losses on one end that come with sadness uh, and depression, and then we get additions on the other end, which come with uncertainty and anxiety, and we get we get hit with both of these things in addition to the physical injury that we're dealing with. Yeah, that's that's such a good way of explaining it. Um, I know you did a post about that, and I, we should link to that um, when we put up this podcast because I think that that's. I mean, I don't. Th- I mean, I think about it as a loss for sure. I think about I have lost running or I've lost running in this period. But the additions is really um, that was that was eye opening for me. Thinking about all the appointments and all the things that you have to deal with and the cost of it all. Like, let's not forget. You know, every time I go, I'm like, oh, there goes another <laughs> chunk of the college fund that I'm not watching. Right? Like, it's it's definitely there's there's there are different levels to that situation. And then the anxiety and the uncertainty that come with it. I mean. That's a lot to handle on top of a day-to-day, you know, our day-to-day already busy kind of stressful existence. Absolutely. And what the, the key part of this is I think so many people don't have that scaffolding in dealing with an injury. And so not only are they dealing with, with the injury itself, but they have all of these complex emotions that they may not really understand in terms of where they're coming from or what they mean. And then there's this judgment layer that, that exists on top of it about why shouldn't be feeling this way? This shouldn't be a big deal. It's just running. Why is it such a big deal to me? And then there's that judgment that layers on top of it. And so it's a really complex, delicate creature, uh, the psychological aspect. Especially of when you're mom, right? So if it's if it running is your self-care and it's your time to yourself, God, why do you need that anyway? Don't you love your kids? You should love spending time with your kids. It's a gift. It's worth time with your kids. Get over it. We just don't cut ourselves any any, mm-hmm. any slack and we don't, I know, no breaks whatsoever. Um, so I, you know, I feel like I spend most of my time in office hours sort of clearing that away. Like if, the, if it's a cloud of guilt, I'm just going until I at least hope it's gone for now. But I know it's going to come back because it's reinforced throughout society. It's and just because back. it comes back doesn't mean you're weak. Sure. It's society. You're getting this at every turn. These messages are everywhere. There's nothing wrong with you. And that's hard to be like, I am the same person in the crazy house. But more often than not, you are. Stand strong in those in those feelings. When I tell you that you're fine or I tell you it's okay to feel the way you do, if J-Ro tells you it's okay to feel the way you do, it probably is no matter who else is telling you no. They probably are trying to manipulate you in some way. Sure, yeah, sure. and again, it's like permission mm-hmm. to feel how you're feeling. Permission to allow 
that aspect of this to be present. And so often we don't. Give or we blame that something. Let's say I'm a woman, and I have these hormones, or it's my period. So of course I know I'm making a big deal out of this. I'm so sorry, but it just means so much. Like just, you don't. There no caveats or explanations necessary. You feel the way you you have responded to a stimulus, and you should never really have to explain or defend that response. I got hurt. It sucks. I am hurting. It's okay. It's normal. It'd be weird, I would think, yeah. if you didn't, because that's a psychopath. A psychopath, I'm going to get the definition wrong, Jay Rhodes. Good thing you're on this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's a person that does, is just <laughs> completely right. unaware of other people's feelings and doesn't care at all, right? It's like they don't, they don't respond to stimuli in a normal way. So thank, you're not a psychopath. Thank God. That's even harder to fix. Yes. That's a win right there. That, I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> some would argue that that can't be fixed, but that's a, that's a <laughs> podcast for another day. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, oh, that's, I mean, you know, and I, um, this is something that I don't know, but I mean, the tears, the tears, the tears. And I, you know, I know, I, you know, and I, Grant, my husband is great. I can say with 100% certainty that he is so sick of hearing about it. He is so sick of seeing me crying. He is so sick of think, you know, you know, I, I know he is and I, and I respect that, but I still can't stop. Right. And, um, you know, and you, MK, have also been a very safe place for me to go. And you talk about it's, it. It's tough. I know you're not. He is. <laughs> There's a, that's a difference between a coach and a woman and a husband well, and a man. Him, bring it to me know. whenever. That's stereotypical. Whenever. Sorry. That's my job, and I love my All job. Right. I got All you, right. boo. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Well, so here's this is this is a little bit more universal question. What do you do with that feeling when you know every ounce of you wants to go for a run? but you know rationally you shouldn't, right? And I'm, I've definitely had that feeling, that itch a lot lately, right? And I'm like, I think I'm gonna be able to run in a little, in maybe a couple of weeks, go for a couple maiden voyages and see how it feels. But what do you do with that feeling? Like, oh my God, I've got to work out. I've just got to, my nails are screeching down the blackboard. Every nerve ending is raw. And yet I know I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. What do you do with, what do you have, when you have athletes that are like that, what do you recommend? Yeah, well, for, you know, first step is to just really be aware of that experience as it's happening and to own it and to be okay with it. Um, and then again, there's there's a huge opportunity in that moment to look at underneath the surface what is happening, right? To really get a sense of the deeper meaning for running or for exercise and what it provides for you in your life. Because for so many people, including myself, running is a pathway to something deeper. And sure. if we could figure out what it is exactly that's underneath there, there's there's multiple ways to, to scratch that itch. And that's the trick is being able to figure out how you can get those needs met in other ways that aren't going to be uh, causing more overuse injuries or causing you to be injured for a longer period of time, right? So a lot of things that, that'll read that are kind of popular knowledge are, you know, if, if you know it's going to um, cause you harm in the long road, don't do it, right? Like it, these are such simple ideas, but they really miss the mark because they're so difficult to implement and they don't help people get at the underlying psychological impact or the psychological function of what running, of, of what running does or how they can possibly replace it. Sure. No, I think that's uh, Justin's oh. son. You're keeping it real over there, aren't you? We got. Hey, Everett, can you say hi to everybody? No, he's. Uh, my son is in the basement with me. He's jumping on. Uh, on oh, a, I on thought a it was Ben with the basketball. Perfect. Working his core. 
Could have been. been. Yeah. Uh, Justin's, this is keeping it very real. Justin's wife is sick, so he's home taking care of the kids and recording a podcast. So thank you for. You are really a super dad, I got to say. Um, One more thing I'd like to add to what Justin said. Um, Part, one of the first things I, I say to an athlete when they come to me and they're like, okay, Coach MK, I'm injured. I'm like, what can you do is always my first question. I know if you didn't ask, call the office right now and be like, I have a follow up question. Ask Dr. So-and-so, what can I do? Because there, you know, if you if you have a completely broken ankle, maybe we could be on a recumbent bike with oh, with one foot and a weight. I've seen people doing that. Maybe we maybe they have an ultra G that insurance would help pay for. It's one of those one of those anti-gravity treadmills um, if the injury isn't too bad. So there or can you swim? Can you elliptical? Can you what can you do? becomes the first question and then we'll find it and it, it's never going to be running and it doesn't need to be but it's better sometimes 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 it gets better to yes. have something rather than nothing somebody hurt their hurt their shoulder today on the facebook page uh, well they didn't hurt themselves on the facebook page they mentioned on the facebook page that their shoulder was injured and they wanted to work around <laughs> for their sscs because they're like i can't foam roll i can't do this i can't do that i'm like well here's what we're going to do we're going to you are going to come out of this injury the shoulder injury with the strongest core known to man we can bounce quarters on it here we go and i gave her a new set of sssc's all of which can be done with the assistance of a bosu ball keeping her body off the ground so we're going to have a silver lining to this um it's not exactly what we want but second best is better than nothing so it's always good in 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 business we call it a a a, a batna a best alternative to the negotiating agreement so if you want you never walk into a negotiation without a batna because that batna is like well if, if we can't come to an agreement i got what i need to walk out the door um and that's kind of what I need you to get. You can't really negotiate with your body. You can't negotiate with the injury. You probably won't negotiate with your doctor. But what you can do is come out, what what, what, what can I do during this period? Where how, Tell me, let me know what I can do so that I can work with my coach to find that silver lining to hold on to on a day-to-day basis. Well, and that it's so that's so accurate, right? Because we, we come at this from a place of saying um, or thinking uh, the only way – I can take care of myself is if I go for that five mile run. And when we get into this, like, I'm only okay if kind of mentality, that's where bad things happen. So if you could find that alternative to say, well, wait a minute, hold on. There are other ways. Maybe it's not going to be the five mile run, but I can get access to that deeper component of what's important to me in terms of movement. Let me focus on that and understand that it's not going to, this is not a replacement. This is, uh, you know, this a is a little um, a modification. It's a supplement for um, mm-hmm. for the deeper need. And, and I even yeah, tend to absolutely. avoid the word modification just because that word it, it, it is is so tied to. Um, it, just a reminder, you're not doing the original thing. So I just say supplement. It's something additional mm-hmm. that if you were fine, we'd probably be doing it too. Whatever, you're just going to do more of that. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good perspective. And I will say, you know, over time, I've gotten more to that point. Um, it's harder in the summertime, you know, when I see a lot of people outside running and, you know, and I want to be up early and doing that. But but I've been swimming a lot and I've been at the um, the step mill, which is really fun, uh, watching Law and Order. Uh, but um, it's good. It's good. It's better. And the CVS or not CVS, CSV. CSV is the other one, but I like Law and Order more. S- um, S- oh, 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 I was NCIS. like, does she mean I'm SVU? <laughs> I'm sorry. SVU? I don't know. CSI. I mean. I mean, they're all CSI. On the USA. They're on the, yeah, they're on the USA network at 6 a.m. basically. Um, but uh, 
And it's, but I, I realize, you know, if I can take a step back and realize I am not doing my A thing, but I am, I can do my B thing or this thing. And, you know, if I were to be objective about it and examine how I feel after a workout, it's not quite the, you know, say I get an A from running, it's maybe a, you know, a B, B minus maybe, but it's, it's definitely good enough. And that is one thing that we really stress around another mother runner is it doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be good enough. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that, that's a good perspective. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the one complaint and it's, you know, it's, I shouldn't even, you know, you shouldn't even compare, but I mean, it's, it's just two different activities in the amount of leg work that has to go into driving to the gym and making sure that I have my goggles. I mean, this morning I went to the pool and realized I had my forgotten my swimsuit and I had to turn around, you know, and drive back seven minutes and get my swimsuit, you know, and like things like that, that doesn't happen when you're just leaving from your front door. Mm-hmm. That part is frustrating, but, um, but I feel good. And I feel the other thing that I will say, you know, I, I put it up on Instagram a long time ago, but I made my little physical therapy chart and, um, I feel so strong <laughs> right now. I mean, I, I don't know if I feel strong enough to run, but I feel like I have built up the muscles that I knew I needed to build up, but never gave myself the time to do yeah. when I was running. Mm-hmm. Right? And one of the things, which is yeah. huge. And see, that's it. Like that, that perspective shift is so critical to say, wow, look at, look at how strong I can get in this other area. Right. And to think about from more of like a whole body perspective, right? Like, wow, I, I can get stronger in my core. I can get stronger in this upper body. I can get stronger as a swimmer. There's all these other things that you can you can focus on if you can allow and yourself to And there's always on. a least yeah. common denominator in there. So to bank off of this a little bit, um, once, you, once you've gone to your doctor and you found, okay, what can I do? But what I can't run, but what can I do? Um, even if they say nothing, come to me. I guarantee you I can figure something out as long as I mean it might take a little more resources but here's an example someone hurt their ankle they couldn't do the elliptical they couldn't run they couldn't bear any weight on one of their feet and the other one they rolled their other ankle and had to get crutches so I was like well here's what we're going to do you remember of a gym all right does that gym have a steam room does it have a sauna great you're going to go to Kmart or Target I don't really care and you're going to buy two little hand weights the ones that are like in the letter B so that they kind of like wrap around your hand the belly makes them they're really fantastic you're going to sneak those into the gym in your bag and this is the series you're going to perform on the floor of that steam room and you it's only about 20 minutes long but man you're going to feel like you've just come out the ringer when you come out of that steam room it's going to be glorious and that's how we got through four months of what ended up being two pretty bad injuries one one after the other so again it wasn't perfect but she had really strong glutes and really strong quads and once her body could bear the weight again we were able to get to back to where she wanted to be that much faster because we were able to find a workaround it would have been very easy for her to be just kind of depressed and been like i'm not going to spend time or money on this or on you right now but because we were able to find this workaround and really work through it man she's turned around and qualified for boston like five months after that so that's wow. when you, when you really that, are determined, awesome. don't let the depression win. Let the determination and the tenacity come out. Don't get wrapped around what you can't do. Focus on what you can do and throw yourself at it. Back when I got hurt, when I had that SI instability thing back in February, and I just got out of bed and I was in bed for two weeks, but I got out every 10 minutes, every, sorry, every 10 minutes, every hour for 10 minutes at the top of the hour to do my physical therapy exercises from Alex Lant and then get right back in bed to, to nursing myself. So it was all I could do. 
but it was the best I could do and it was what I needed to do. So I was still able to get out of bed eventually and continue training. But what it's what the worst thing you can do is be like, well, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. It isn't what I want to do. So poo. You know, and it, some injuries may be yeah. so bad that that's all you can do, and that's okay. We had a woman got hit by a car, yo, and then she turned around and ran Pittsburgh. I'm still amazed by that. Yeah. That's yeah, determination. Absolutely. Not absolutely. everyone will be able to do it that Ooh, level and- that quickly, but if you have – if you're working with people and you're tenacious and you have a good care team with you, like me and Justin and Dimity, we can get you just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. And the stubbornness and rigidity are the biggest enemies mm-hmm. for long-term success with this. And the, they're really easy to go to, right? Like you had just said, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this exercise. I want to run. And when you get that stubbornly attached to these things, that's when long-term perpetual injuries happen, long-term perpetual injury cycles continue, and where recovery is never – you never even give yourself a chance to recover. Look, thinking back about the woman I had working out in the steam room, there is no – she would never did SSSC. She never did any of the strength or the supplement. So this ended up being a gift because there was no other – there never would have been another uh, window for us to really work on her core and glutes the way that they needed. So again, in the long run, it ended up being a good thing. I don't think she was grateful for it at the time or through it, but that doesn't mean we can't make lemonade. Well, that's what we're going to do on this podcast um, or on this, on these webinar sessions is we are going to, I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to put on rosy colored glasses and end with a, you know, a drink with an umbrella in it, but we are going to give you a bunch of coping techniques. We're going to have a little, you know, commiseration time. We are going to have um, some time. Sometimes being isolated is actually the worst thing. And so knowing that there are four or five or 10 other women that are exactly the place where you are right now, um, you know, that are on the webinar at least, is so helpful, right? You're like, oh, you get what I'm saying. You get where I am. So we really, you know, it, 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 we definitely want to dive into the psychological things. Um, of it, but we also want to support you and help you heal, right? And not, not, not do your, you know, not do your physical therapy for you, but help you mentally heal so that when you get back out there, you make good choices, which again is something we're not going to cover now, but getting back into it. I mean, that's another really scary thing after eight or nine months, like, ah, you know, like I want to, I, I want, I mean, I'll tell you this morning, I wanted to go for like an hour run. I didn't, but like, I know that I can't do that, but that's my norm, right? But I say so, kind of embrace that too. Um, You're going to make bad choices. Yeah. It's like, and that's okay. You'll be like a teenager that just got their driver's license. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm a go. And it's okay. And, you know, that we're here to pull the reins and to, to, to validate you and love you all through it. And, I mean, one, starting back too soon, yeah, you're, you're, the chances of a setback are, are always going to be a little bit high. But once we get through that period, it's, it's, it's all good. Right. And so just so allow yourself to fail a little bit. No one's ever no one sticks to any plan. A hundred percent. Is there anything else that you want to say about it, Justin, before you have to go tend to your tend to your wife, get her some ginger ale or something? Right. Right. No, I think just, you know, one thing there too, just a little plug for the, the next step of this is the, you know, the coming back phase. Right. So one of the things that happens when we come back from an injury is. Uh, we can often get really frustrated with that because, again, we get attached to numbers 
we get attached to ideas of where we should be. And if we were running 10 minute miles before the injury, we just sort of expect that we're magically going to hop back into that. And when we don't, then we're like, what the heck happened here? What's going on? I'm weak. Like, look at how weak I am. And it can just blow us up psychologically. So there's work to be done um, on that end as well. Absolutely. All righty. Well, good. We'll look for more information about this on the under the Perform Like a Mother tab on the Train Like a Mother dot club. Um, and if you have any questions, if you want, if you are in the middle of an injury and you're really struggling and you're like, oh, September feels so far away, um, you know, drop drop us a line um, at, the, at the Train Like a Mother club, and we can connect you with either Justin or MK, depending upon what your needs are. And um, just look forward to. I think this is going to be a really really helpful uh, series for people to. Um, to get them to, on a path that that's more mentally and just just know you're not allowed to get hurt because i don't have another j-row for you to go talk to yet and i'm not ready to go looking <laughs> <laughs> i could i talk to myself all day long i think i could handle uh, it myself what do you think no yeah yeah that's sure. a big no okay no physicians never do heal themselves do no. they <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, no, I don't think so. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks, you guys, for joining us today. Thank you, uh, Justin. Thank you, MK. And we will see you uh, in the trend. Yay! The and I'm going to have to go get some lemonade and ice cream because that's the other I word I've been thinking of since you kicked this podcast off. Nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye, you guys. Bye.